and it's funny, my dad's definition of sacrifice, he's like, it's not sacrifice because all you're doing is trading in for something that you really want. So it's not like I'm giving these things up, it's like, I'm not doing this because I want this instead. My name is Yanni Diakmohalas. I wrestle 65 kilos for the Spartan RTC, and uh, I'm about six days out, well, now five days out from the Olympic trials. What happens at the Olympic trials for the non-wrestling fans? So the Olympic trials, it's a, it's a it's a tournament, anywhere from you know eight to 12 to 15 guys, and it's a winner take all. If you win, you know you're the Olympic rep for the United States at the Olympic Games, and if you take second, third, fourth, all the way down to losing all your matches. Nothing. So it's a big pass fail event. You know, there's it's the it's the best wrestlers in the United States. It's a very difficult tournament to qualify for. So, you know, all the guys there they're really high level, they're really skilled and you know, they just throw them in a bracket and let them scrap it out. The finals is the best two out of three. So if you make the finals, you're gonna have to beat the, the next best guy in the tournament twice to make the team and that's it. How long has the Olympic trials been on your mind as a, a main focal point? I mean, it's one of those things you've thought about since you were a kid, but I mean, ever since I took the Olympic red shirt, you know, after the 2019 college wrestling season, and then I failed to make the 2019 world team, it was like, all right, let's focus on the Olympic Games. So it's been, you know, minimum two years in the making, but it's been something, you know, your whole life you're kind of working towards it. And you know, when you're eight, you're probably not like, I'm gonna be an Olympic champ. Like you probably don't believe that. But it's like something you, you think about, you dream about, you know what I mean? And now it's like we're, we're starting to get there. Can you believe it's this close? It's kind of hard to believe. It like doesn't feel real. I feel like people ask me, man, do you get excited? And it's like, I don't know, I feel like for, and it's like that for every big tournament, you know, world team trials, NCAAs, you know, any of these big international events. It's like, you, it, you can't get excited because if you let all that emotion actually come out, it's like too much to control. So I try to just, you know, relax and let things happen as they go. And not like, I, you, I mean, people who say, oh, I just treat it like another tournament. Like, I don't agree with that. Like, my brain can't just ignore the implications of this, but it's like, you know, I'm relaxed and I just understand that everything I do can either make me better or worse, right? So it's like, well, what if these decisions are gonna help me get to where I need to be? And I love the story about when you were 10, your dad had a conversation with you what was that conversation? How did it impact over at so, I was I was pretty young, like right around that age, and he kind of sat me down and was like, listen, wrestling's one of those sports, anybody can be great at it, right? You don't have to be six feet tall, you don't have to be 300 pounds, you don't have to be super fast, like you can become great, right? But it's really, really hard. It takes a ton of sacrifice, and there's a lot of things that, you know, normal kids do, or, you know, you might want to do that you're not going to be able to do, and there's a lot of things you're going to have to give up along the way, but, and it's funny, my dad's definition of sacrifice, he's like, it's not sacrifice because all you're doing is trading in for something that you really want. So it's not like I'm giving these things up, it's like, I'm not doing this because I want this instead. It's just a choice, you know what I mean? So, and I was young and he's like, I think you can be really good, you know, you have the potential, we can, we can make this work, but I'm not gonna do it if you don't wanna do it. And you gotta tell me, he's like, if you want, you can be, He's like, you'll probably be pretty good. You know, maybe you go to States, your place at States or something. Maybe, maybe you win someday. But if you want, you can, you can be really, really, really good if you work for it. But is that something you want? And I was like, yeah. And I probably didn't know really what that meant. 
when I said it, but like I didn't regret it, and I knew I wanted to be good. I was, it was I really liked it. Even when I was young, I knew I liked it. You know what I mean? So it was something I took pride in. I wanted to be good at it. What did you like about it? I don't. I don't even know how to really put it into words. It was like I got excited to go to practice. I just liked wrestling. Like I liked learning learning moves. I liked wrestling live and like hitting moves. Like for me, it wasn't it wasn't like a fight. You know, I mean, I wasn't going out there and like clubbing kids. I wasn't a kid like strutting around the tournament with like the angry face and the flex, you know what I mean? I feel like for me it was like a skills contest. I wanted to learn moves and then hit them better than you could hit, than you could stop me, right? So for me it was like, oh, I learned the single leg of practice, like I'm gonna do that and take it down with it. And it was, it, it was, for me it was like creativity, you know what I mean? It was something that I could always continue to learn more about it and I could, and I just had a good understanding for it. I feel like I learned wrestling well. So it was something that came to me, nat not naturally, but came to me more naturally than other things. And I feel like I just really, now that I'm thinking about it more, I really enjoyed just that process of learning stuff and testing and learning and testing and repeating it. And that was something you and your dad did a lot with uh, watching film on YouTube and breaking it down. I mean, your dad, who Division Three All-American, he jumped levels in his own game just when you guys got Yeah, there. I mean... He says it too. He's like, I like he he coached for a little bit at RIT. That was where he wrestled after he graduated, and uh, then he kind of got away from it when he had started having kids. You know, I mean, it was tough. Mm -hmm. And he says he's like, I watched the NCAA tournament, and I watched Big Tens, and I watched wrestling if it was on TV. He's like, but I was not like following wrestling. And um, you know, when we started wrestling, at some point, at least the way he tells it, it was like he would get so stressed about our matches. And this is now, you know, a couple years into it. At first, he just wanted us to wrestle because he did it, and he felt like he learned a lot from it. So he's like, I want my kids to learn what I learned. I want you to do And I remember he said, he's like, I didn't think you were going to be good. Like, I just kind of wanted my kids to wrestle. I don't know. And, you know, a couple years into it, he's like, I get so stressed. And he, like, tells a story. He's like, I just wanted to make you guys so good that I wouldn't have to get stressed anymore. <laughs> and he's like... All that did was just lead me to more stress. Like there, there was, like, the more we did it, the more we learned, there was no level of good that you could get to where it just wouldn't be stressful. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there was, a, no matter how good you got, there was gonna be somebody better or somebody who was gonna just push it, right? So, I mean, tough for him. But, <laughs> I mean, we watched, we watched wrestling, you know I mean? It wasn't like I had this super great coach who won the Olympics or, you know, an NCAA champion coach. It was my dad, and he just wanted us to get good. And he took it upon himself to, to learn, or at least learn how to learn, right? So he would watch wrestling, and he picked up all, you know, this guy did this really high-level move, and this other guy couldn't stop it. Or he'd be like, all the good guys do this. Or he, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that was kind of how we would learn. I feel like the biggest things that, looking back on it now, that he had us do was stuff that everybody did because it was like, all right, every good wrestler does this, it's something that you need to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Or it was something that like nobody stopped. Like nobody stopped Mavlepatirov's knee pull. So he's like, if you got that good at it, no one stopped your knee pull, let's work on that, right? Because there was something special about it. So that was kind of what we did. And then fortunately, you know, I had a lot of kids around me whose parents, you know, wanted them to be great and they were willing to put the work in too. So I had, I had a room, I mean, wasn't a lot, it was probably seven to 10 kids at the most. But that's all you really need, you know what I mean? You need two good partners, you know, there was probably two or three kids that could wrestle with my brother and mm -hmm. that was our little our little crew, you know? And over the years we learned more and, you know, now it's gotten to the point where 
I feel like I understand I understand the sport as much as I'm learning, right? So I feel like that's where you want to get where you can understand and think about things deeply. You don't have to just copy. I love how you are one of the guys who makes it like your love for the sport comes down to the fact that you can never learn everything about wrestling. Yeah. Like every different guy presents a different scenario and like what they do is different than that. I mean it's so it's never it's never any pit. I feel like it's one of those things you hear like I, you always see like scientists say it. It's like the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the smartest people in the world will tell you they know nothing, but the dumbest might tell you they know everything. And like, I'm not gonna say I'm the smartest guy in the world, but it's like, the more I've learned about wrestling, the more it's like, wow, I could be doing this and this and this. You know what I mean? And it's like, and the other thing that's I think is really interesting about wrestling is like you can know a lot of moves. Like I can drill a ton of stuff and be like, wow, look at all these moves. But it's a different level to be able to hit that in a match against, you know, Zane Rutherford or Jordan Oliver or Rashida Oliver or Odegura, you know what I mean? So there's like two parts to it, right? Where it's like you learn, but then you have to master it. And I think that just the combo of those two things are what I am the most interested in. And the, uh, to lay on your second point there, being able to dig deep when all the cards are against you. Like I think back to your freshman year at Nationals when you hit that high crotch against Heil in the quarters and then you know, even in the NCAA finals against uh, McKenna, the cradle. Yeah. Was that the cradle? Was Meredith the cradle? Mer Meredith my freshman year. That's what I'm thinking yeah, of. Where yeah. you, I saw you going for that and you popped up and you hit it. Like, talk about, and one of the things I listened to a lot before I interviewed for the first time, your self-belief is really high. Talk about like where that comes from, like the, the confidence under fire. Yeah, I mean, I think about it, Vogar, Vito's dad, and this is, it didn't come from this, but it's just, he put it into words, kind of how I think about it. He was busting my dad's balls one time about something. My dad was super nervous for one of our matches. My dad, as much as he knows about wrestling, and as much as he believes in us, he can't help but get nervous. He like, can't sleep. Like, he probably won't sleep from now until the Olympic trials. If you see him in the stands somewhere, he's going to be like, just like a nervous wreck. We're, we're killing him. But Vogar was like, if you don't believe in him, how is he going to believe in him? And I feel like for me... It's like, I have so many people around me who care about me and like recognize what I'm doing and honestly put as much work into my success as I am. You know what I mean? I have people giving stuff up for me or, you know, I mean like Mike Gray spends probably four hours on the phone between me and my dad a day talking wrestling to us. He's talking stuff to my dad so that my dad can feel good and then they're talking about wrestling technique then he'll call me to ask me how I'm doing and talk about practice that day. And I'm not the only one that he's talking to, you know what I mean? I feel like that's just one person. Yeah, my mom and my dad and my friends and my brothers and my teammates and everybody. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I have so many people around me who, who believe in me and they, they want to see me do well that it's like I, it's not just me, you know what I mean? It's like this confidence is coming from other people. Mm -hmm. And then it's on my end, it's like I'm doing everything that I should be doing. If I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm working really hard and I'm doing more than other people, like how am I gonna expect to lose a match, right? So it's like when you're in those points where it's like, you know, maybe doubt starts to creep in or you know, you need to dig deep late. It's like, you know, you know that there's been a lot of work put in and there's a lot of people behind you who know that you can do it, it's not just you. Do you ever feel the doubt before a match or only during a match? I mean, this probably sounds super arrogant, but I'm not sure I ever feel the doubt. There's, I, don't, like, I don't know, there's not many moments in a match that I've wrestled where I'm like, man, like I'm done. <laughs> you know what I mean? But call it 
call it ignorance, call it stupidity, but I feel like I, you gotta be a little stupid sometimes because if you're aware of everything and you know, you're playing the odds game in your head, like, all right, I'm down five zero, there's two minutes to go, like, ah, I'm probably gonna lose. Like that alone is what's gonna keep you, right? But it's it's the, the, the angel on my shoulder telling me like, no, 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 keep going, you're good, you're good. Right? Because even in situations where it probably should feel like I'm I'm done or I'm gonna lose, you wouldn't, I'd rather find out and fail than just be like, I could have never done it. Because that's just an expression of cowardice, right? That's, that's just me being afraid to fail mm-hmm. instead of really giving it all, right? Because if you give everything you have and you still didn't make it, like that's really hard to accept. And I think that's why, you know, some guys take losing so hard because it's like, it's hard to accept that you just like weren't good enough or you weren't, you just weren't able to do it, right? But I feel like for me, that's, that's why you do it. You know, I mean, part of that speech my dad gave me when I was younger is he's like, you can do all these things, give up all these things, do everything perfect, and you still might suck. And that's how it is for some kids. That's why wrestling's so hard, because it's like, some kids work their nuts off. They do everything, the single thing they can. They're working harder than the Kyle Dakes and Jordan Burroughs of the world, but they just can't, can't do it. You know what I mean? And it's not like they can't, but you know, the circumstances didn't line up for them. Yeah. And I feel like I, I would want to know how far I could have gone. And that's why I feel like I'm okay with laying it all out there and maybe failing. Did you one you talked about earlier, but when you laid it all out there, you always had your whole career, but your sophomore year, you went on this crazy run. You went, I mean, going to that US Open, people thought maybe you'd give JO or Frank a good match. No one even had you in the match with Zane. Yeah. Dude, that fucking tournament is so fun to watch. And then watching that match with Bajarin, how did you process the highs and lows of that year? So I just have a funny story about the US Open. Because I, like this is again me being really stupid. Mm-hmm. So my dad called me and I, I didn't, I mean like I, I had a great year, I won NCAAs that year, but I didn't have the kind of season where you're like, that kid's gonna go to the world championships. You know what I mean? I had some like close matches, I, I had some weight cuts that were questionable, right? So I didn't, I didn't have like a great, great season. You know what I mean? There was nothing that showed you like, all right, this kid's gonna do it. And my dad called me like maybe a week or two before the US Open and he's like, you know, I don't, like, don't, you don't have to live and die by this. Like, there's still a couple more weeks till the trials and then a couple more weeks after that till Final X. So, you know, we can keep getting better. I'm like, are you calling me, like, setting me up to lose? And he got kind of stu- stumbled for a second. And I'm like, I'm not going to lose. I'm going to win the tournament. And he's like, you think you're going to win? I'm like, yeah. He goes, all right, sounds good. And he, call, he called Mike, Mike Gray, and was like, this crazy motherfucker thinks he's going to win. And Mike was like, yeah, I mean, if he doesn't, How's he gonna do it at all, right? So, here's Coach Cole. Is Coach Cole there? This is definitely some Coach Cole type music. I thought he's so. still in Texas. Oh, he is in Texas. He might be that guy. It could be that guy. I know Coach Cole's a big jazz guy, so that was my first thought. But either way, my dad's like, he thinks he's gonna win. Like, I don't. I mean, good for him. I don't know, because like, and I wrestled with Jordan in practice, and Jordan beat me like I stole something from him. He would smack me. He killed me so bad. So I was like, like, I don't know, even that, that was one where I was like, all right, let's see what happens here. <laughs> His but, weight was so high though, probably, right? But yeah, he, he was, he, he, it, it's a really tough wake up for him. He's freaking really good, but that wake up hurts him. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. So then I get to the tournament, I wrestled really well, and I won. And then it was like, all right, well, here we go. You know I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm here now, so. Yeah. From then it was like, you just change your expectation, right? Now it's like, all right, I can, 
I can make the team. Then like I wrestled Bajrang, I'm like, let's see where I'm at here. And like I I beat Bajrang, it was like a crazy high scoring match. And I'm like, I can win, I can win. So it's like the kind of the same thing that Vogar told my dad when I was a senior in high school. But it's like, if you don't believe in yourself, and then who, who's gonna believe in you? You know what I mean? So it's like, it's probably stupid. There's probably things that I think about myself that just aren't true. You call them arrogant if I said them out loud, but if you didn't believe those things, I, I don't think that you'd be able to achieve these great feats, right? Because it's like, you don't want to make a mountain a mountain. You want to make a mountain a hill. So if it's like, I got to get to the top of Mount Everest to be an Olympic champion, I'm never going to be able to do that. But if you make it small in your head, like anybody could do this, then like, why can't I do it? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? That's the thing, like someone's got to win it. Yeah. Someone's going to win Somebody it. will win the Olympics this year. It, it could be me, it could not be me, but why not me? Why not, give, why not give myself the chance, you know what I mean? Yeah, someone's won it at 65. Yeah. Fuck you, it's like, why wouldn't it be you? All right, three questions I'll let you go. How would you summarize your, like, your goals in life right now? Ever since I was a little kid, I've dreamed about becoming an Olympic champion. And then, you know, from there, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And when you talk about the, you know, the way to get on the Olympic team, um, you have, the years of training to get to this point now. You have the opponents, then you have the weight. So let's talk about the opponents for a second. Zane Rutherford's someone you've traded a lot of matches with. What what type of uh, challenge is it to solve the equation of Zane Rutherford? Like, what does he bring that's different? He's really strong. He's tough. He's hard to score on, and he doesn't do a lot, but he makes no mistakes. When you watch him wrestle, he does nothing wrong. If he wins or loses a match, it's about what the other guy did really well, right? Like when you watch a guy beat him, it's like, that guy did that really good. You know what I mean? He doesn't make mistakes and he's gonna hold his position. He's gonna wrestle hard the whole time. He's not gonna get tired and he's not gonna have any slip ups, right? So for me, and he's really good about making adjustments match to match. So for me, it's like, I gotta go out there and be ready to kill him. You know what I mean? He's gonna, he's gonna fight me. He's gonna headbutt me in the face and poke my eyes and punch me and not give anything up. He's gonna fight me for every single wrist touch, leg grab, every position, right? So I have to be ready to to fight that and and to go take it from him. You know what I mean? Love it, dude. What did you learn from the 2019 wrestle off in September? I mean, it it, it it exposed a lot for me, but I feel like it exposed my lack of offense the most. You know what I mean? I, we talk about all the time. Like I'd rather you need to be able to win a match 2-0 sometimes, but you need to be able to score more than one point to win anything, right? You can't win a match at one point. So I feel like it was something that I had been working on all summer. I had been developing my offense. And then after that, it was like I touched his leg one time in six minutes. Like, that's ridiculous. So that kind of showed me really how far off my offense was for the senior level. I could score on college guys, but I couldn't score on the best guys in the world. So that kind of exposed that for me. Yeah. I love the story about how you said going back to your sophomore year, like the wake ups were getting hard, so you're developing some bad habits, and that, yeah. that kind of transferred to the NCAA tournament. Even though you still won, but then you freaking went, you went off and you know, captured the hearts of a lot of wrestling fans. Last question for you: What's the plan from now through Saturday night? I kind of walk us through day by day the last six days. I feel like I I live a pretty simple life. You know, I mean, I don't I don't do a lot, especially because of COVID. It's like if I get COVID, they're not gonna let me wrestle, so I gotta be a little careful right now, right? So. A normal day for me, I get up and I try to go for a walk right when I get up. Like get some sunlight, get out, like get my body moving so I'm not just sitting around all day. I'll eat breakfast, you know, after a couple hours and then I go to practice and that's my big thing of the day, right? That's where I'm the most mentally engaged. It's probably the most focused part of my day, right? 
Um, you know, you do what you gotta do after, you cut weight, come in here, sauna, ice bath, hot tub, the whole deal. Come back home, have some dinner. You know, I'll usually end up calling Mike and, and my dad if you guys are around later, you'll see it. Talk, talk to my dad about practice, kind of maybe bounce some ideas off him. Talk to Mike about practice, ask him what it looked like. Ask him, you know, how I looked, you know, what he thinks I need to do. Probably take a couple minutes, you know, really like let, it, let that soak in. Hey, spend some time with my friends, kind of keep loose and go to bed and repeat. You know, I feel like the other thing too, talking about spending time with my friends that I feel like I'm appreciative of is I spend so much time thinking about wrestling and like I feel like this gets lost sometimes, but it can kind of make you crazy sometimes if it's all you're thinking about, especially now the Olympic trials. It's like, I don't, I don't feel that pressure, but equally as much as I'm not letting myself feel it, I have people around me who are good distractions, you know what I mean? Because it's really easy when you're just sitting alone, not talking to anybody and not, and you're, you're super, you know, locked in, you can, you can, you can make yourself nuts over it, right? Especially because it's something you do care so much about. So it's like, if I have 10 minutes to just like sit around and watch TV with my friends or like play video games or play ping pong in our living room, like that's something to like keep me sane for the day. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's, it's the little things like that, that as much as you're super hyper-focused, you need to be able, like Mike says it, you gotta be able to turn it off. Like yeah. go to bed, wake up and like let your day go. You know what I mean? Whether it was a good day, bad day, like you just, and I feel like that's one thing too that as I've gotten older, I had to work on. Like if I had a bad day at practice before, like I had a bad day. It was a bad day, you know what I mean? And that's good and bad, right? It means I'm taking it seriously and I'm, I'm, I'm taking a lot of pride in my work, but you have to be able to like, and let it go. At the same time, you can't fall in love with what you're doing if it's going well. Mm-hmm. How do you not let the weight cut dominate your thought and get as close to it? It's honestly a similar kind of train of thought for me where it's like, I know what I need to do and I know when I need to do what I need to do. And the only thing that's gonna keep me from doing exactly what I need is myself, right? So if I understand, all right, I need to eat these things and I need to manage my weight this way and I need to weigh this much, I need to drink this much water. The only thing that's gonna keep me from doing that is a lack of discipline and, you know, myself being like, oh, like, don't eat that. Oh, I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat that. You know what I mean? It's like. Part of being a senior level athlete, like I'm competing against grown men, this is their job. They're making a livelihood off this. Against one, some of those foreign guys, it's like, this is their life. This is all they have. So it's like, for me, I know what I need to do and I can't let it make me crazy. It's like, you, you do what you need to do, you're focused, and it's not a job. It's just like part of my life. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how it is for some of these guys. Like, Jordan Burroughs' diet isn't like he's on some diet to make weight. It's just how he lives. Kyle Dick, I know Kyle. I know for a fact Kyle eats how he eats and it's not like he's holding his weight. It's just how he is. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I get that I'm a kid and I'm probably in a different stage in my life, but I have to live like that. That has to be my lifestyle. It can't just be something I'm doing to get ready. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. That's a, it's a part of that I was trying to explain to my girlfriend. It's like they have a huge tournament coming up, but also a huge... There's, there's, like, there's the battle before the battle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to do everything right leading up to it. For sure. Because that's the other thing. Like... You can have a bad weight cut and it doesn't matter how good you are. You're not gonna you're not gonna wrestle well. And at this level, if you don't wrestle well, it's hard to do what you need to do. I've heard people say you have to have a perfect tournament to trial sometimes. Yeah. Which is like for, sometimes it's like that. Crazy man. Any last words for the day, Yanni, before we let you head to practice? No, I'm good. Right. Okay. Yeah.